Hello, everybody, and welcome tonight to the reboot of the Off Meta Report. I am your host, Formula 408. With me tonight is Jeff and Lungs for Harmon, also known as Nerf Lulu, also known as Lungs, also known as the Resident Masters player. <laughs> um, we're getting back into it tonight. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Jeff, what's going on, man? Uh, things are good. I am enjoying the expansion, and everything is pretty uh, pretty awesome. Uh, no complaints here. Um, having a great time. Happy good. to talk about it. Good, good, good. What about you? Um, we're we're gonna go with lungs for tonight. If that's all right, that's uh. Sounds good. All right. What about you, lungs? How's uh how's thing going? I am really loving this expansion. I'm having so much fun. I have not had a single disappointing game. Like, I, I, the entire time I've been playing, just not a single game where I'm like, I hate I hate playing Legends of Runeterra. I'm loving it right now to the fullest extent. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I've been uh, getting that reaction from a lot of people. Um, Jeff, what you got in store for us tonight, man? What's, what's on our uh, agenda? Yeah, uh I thought I would we would uh <clears throat> discuss uh what we've been playing uh, um what uh what our metas look like and we'll talk about some problematic cards. Uh not problematic, but just some interesting new cards that uh are controversial. So, um not necessarily in that order. But uh so that's what that's what I think we should. Yeah, that sounds good to me, man. Let's um, let's hop into it. I've played the least. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I played the least every of uh of us. I'm sure so I'll start off. Um, been working on a lot of other things. A lot of it's been Legends Repair related, but not necessarily just playing the game. Um, but I what I have been playing, I've been playing uh, Renekton, Sivir, and some Jarvan. We're pretty much sticking with the um the Shareem out of the new out of the new set anyway. Um Renekton Silver is a lot of fun. Uh it's more of like a mid range sort of deck, so uh any uh LeBlanc decks I was running into I was just getting hard stomped by. But um it was good into the Trundle Lysandra decks and stuff like that that I saw. Um I played some Silver with um Quinn with Scouts. So that was that was fun. That was interesting. Helped uh, get her level up. Also had a judgment in there. So judgment from Sivir for um on you know three or four people. She's almost leveled up just off of that. So that was that was always um fun to fun to hit that combo. What about uh you guys? I know y'all been both been playing a lot more than me. And uh, what what's um what's been your favorite favorite deck so far? Uh, Lung? You had to pick one deck to to play all day to just have a good time with what Alright, for for a good time, I gotta say it's it's the very first deck I built this expansion. I saw the new card, uh Sea Scarab, the two drop that tosses anytime an ally dies and also has the uh, last breath to toss. And I was like, Alright, this looks really bad for deep, but this looks really fun with Maokai. And, you know, since we also got Kindred, <laughs> which has a lot of, you know, uh support for killing your own units i just built put together a kindred maokai deck um it was mostly a thigh i ran a few of the shirima cards like the uh hourglass and right of negation just as a splash to be good in it and that deck is so fun it's so bad it's just not good i climbed with it a bit but the amount of times i played against the lissandra deck and would mill them with maokai on like turn seven off of just having two sea scarab on the board and killing my stuff so much that i power toss is incredible it's really a fun deck and i have so much fun with it and kindred is a really cool and interesting card and in some of its interactions are weird for the moment and i don't know what's bugged and what isn't especially when you have two kindreds on board with like rekindler or hourglass effects but it's a great deck and a lot of fun i would recommend it to anyone who wants to have a good time and not be not be top tier at the game Yeah, that sounds, that like, sounds like a really interesting one. What um, 
And I remember when Treasures uh, came out, everybody was like, oh, this card's going to be great. But then you start playing it, and it was just you know, not worth it to get it out in time. And so it's, uh, it's fun to be able to, to see it now and have a good time with it. Um, I know it's one of the things I uh, I want to be able to give a shot. I haven't played Deep in a while, so that'd be a good time. Jeff, what about you, man? What's um What's been tickling your fancy lately? So, uh, unlike other people, I, I don't craft the entire set, and I like to just grind region rewards and uh, just play some expeditions. And so I've been taking it pretty slow, uh, this expansion. Uh, I have done, uh, I did start playing ladder yesterday, and mostly been playing uh, just a fearsomes list. Uh, splashing um, our uh, our favorite Jerima champions just for fun. Uh, but what I'm really excited that this list runs is uh, Spirit Fire and Raz, Raz Blood Maid as the top end. But Spirit Fire, which just obliterates the other board um, when you when you play it. Uh, you you got a strong strong attack, give enemies negative two, negative zero, and round end deal two to me this round, and it and it can just pretty much let you swing with an entire board, no blockers, uh, most of the time, and then anything that they have to re reestablish is just it's gone. Um, so that's really good, and and I'm liking this list a lot. It's not refined because I'm like I said I'm I'm splashing kindred and I think I have uh, Nazis in there, um, but they they might not reach um, right now, or I might just go with Elise Callista, the classic uh, fearsome champ pairing. Um, yeah, I've seen some Elise decks. Also, just the uh, Akai Reaper as a one drop. Great that, card. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and then Bakai just kind of gives a little bit more of um, you got that one drop, uh, which is nice if you're playing into another aggro list that is probably going to go wider or faster than you. Um, and, and that'll just be able to slay one, of, probably one. Of, oh, uh, no, no, uh, Bakai Reaper. It's um, Shreema oh, okay. the it, it at least one drop. puts a blocker up. Yeah, when, yeah um, just, just mainly when for you the blocker unit, ability. Plus one. Yes, plus one, plus zero, uh, with a fearsome tag on it. Uh, so sometimes he's he's just sitting on your board and getting bigger. Sometimes he's necessary for an early blocker. Um, but that's that's how I've been playing him. Uh, but it, there's definitely different ways to build this deck because uh, we have a lot of different tools now. The sand spinner, like you. You know that that kind of allows you to uh, to make trades a little bit easier. I, I don't have him in there. I might toy around with. Him. Uh, but mostly that deck. Uh, I really like all the champions. Uh, to be honest, so so it's been a really fun um expansion just to play around with. Yeah, I've been really impressed by everything I'm seeing. Like I. With the last few expansions we had, even even Rising Tides, you know, the very first real expansion we ever got, I in my first few days of playing the ladder, I did not see every champion represented at all. Like, Swain? I did not see Swain. Just didn't happen. And, you know, the funny thing about Swain was Swain ended up being one of the strongest champions, but he didn't find a deck for, like, a month until after his release. But with this, I have seen every champion multiple times, and it's been really great. Do do you think that has more to do with novelty, or do you think it has to do with um just the card diversity, having the amount of cards now here to build decks around different things? I think card diversity definitely has something to do with it, but I think it is mainly that almost all of these champions have really unique effects that it's difficult to evaluate their strengths. It's we can't look at any of these cards and immediately be like this card is good or this card is bad. All of them are interesting. 
And that allows us to experiment in a lot of different ways and see kind of where it goes from there. And especially because as a result, even if, say, a card is bad, um, playing it on the ladder right now, your opponent will not be able to figure out how to play against it or around it that easily. So you can still perform decently with the card. And that's, I think, one of the main reasons why we're seeing a lot of this. Like, I think with Targon, with Tarek, it became very evident very quickly how weak he was. And I maybe saw a few Tarek decks day one, and then after that, I just did not see Tarek again at all. But with this, it's, you know, day one, Talia felt pretty weak, personally. Like, I, I, she felt pretty weak to me. But I'm still seeing Talia decks, and it seems like people are trying more experimental things. Uh, we're expanding on how we're thinking to utilize the card or the archetype around her. And I'm still seeing her a decent amount, what, a week out, we're almost a week out now. And the fact that I'm still seeing Talia, which is, in my opinion, the weakest champion of the expansion that we got, it's, that's amazing. That's incredible that we're seeing such representation for all of these cards. Um, what, what impact do you think that this expansion has had on the previous champions that we've had out? You know, some of the, has it? helped has it hurt some of the champions especially the ones that we weren't getting much play from earlier um that's so for the moment it's i'm definitely seeing a lot more from some of our less represented champions like i saw katarina on the ladder yesterday which i just haven't seen in months even with you know people <laughs> memeing it and that's always fun. That, but I think that's just an element of any new expansion. People are going to experiment and try stuff out. And revisiting old concepts that haven't worked out is always a part of that. And I think that's not something we can effectively evaluate until we're kind of a little farther out. If in a week from now, we're actually seeing that there's a Katarina Charima deck that is actually like seeing at least, say, tier three play, that's incredible. That, that'll be awesome. But for the moment, I think it might still be a little too early to be too confident in its effect in older champs. Because at least personally, I haven't seen any older concept that's truly been, say, revitalized with these new cards. That's true. I think, like, I know there's the, uh, I've been seeing the, I, I guess I the I agree close, with you on that one. I think the closest thing I've seen to it would be the Azir Hecarim deck. Uh, would be to like a new archetype for a champion that hasn't yeah. been seeing much play, but it's uh, it's Hecarim was already seeing some play beforehand with the Plaza Lucian deck. So I wouldn't really call that an entire like oh we're really seeing this older champion see play again. But it's it's the closest I've seen to it, and that's still like a great thing. And uh, what about you, Jeff? Have you seen anything uh, new running around either the new champions with some different takes on them than what's mostly in the meta, or even um, some older champions with uh, mixed in with the newers, or older champions with the, just some of the new cards around to make them, make them feel fresh? Uh, yeah, so what I'll do, uh, I'll, I'll shout this out really quick. In the Legends Cast Discord that we're all a part of, um, we have a new role where uh, anybody that wants to stream in our channels just pings this role and anybody that online that wants to hang out and chat or watch somebody stream can just hop in the stream and it's it's been really fun i've been getting to know a lot of our um a lot of our discord uh friends with that with without the text part portion of it we're actually just chatting and we're talking and we're watching each other play and learning um it's, it's how i learned the uh Ephelios, uh twisted fate deck last uh season uh, so yesterday, uh, I was playing with our voice gang, and uh, I believe Yelp Lungs was there. Um, yeah. But one of our one of our players, uh, Iben sixty four, uh, who is also known as Mister Purple, um, he saw the spider cards from this expansion, and he said, "Hey, what do spiders look like?" And so he's been playing a spider spider list, and to Quite a bit of uh, uh, 
a success from what I'm understanding, which is awesome because we haven't seen spiders is that deck that's just like ever present, but uh, we don't really see it on the meta because various reasons. But it seems like it's pretty pretty strong, so that's kind of interesting. Um, I, I played it a little bit, um, so uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of been fun to watch. Uh, different decks like that pop up. Um, trying to think of the other decks out there. Um, nothing, nothing super specific as far as old champs resurrecting. Uh, I know some people were toying around with uh, Swain with just the different champions, um, new champions, and I don't think we decided anything was there. Um, well, but, actually, but yeah, it's uh, really interesting. Go ahead. Actually, uh, me and Matrim on day one came up with a uh, Sivir Swain deck together uh, in the VC Hangouts. And I don't know if he's still playing it or having success with it, but I, I've been still <laughs> running it, and it's a really interesting and fun deck. Because uh, you're, run no, awesome. you're running a lot of the Sivir Reputation package, and then you're using some of the strike tools that they gave it. And you're using those strike tools as your way to level up Swain, and Swain isn't so much as the uh, kind of stun value, stun control unit in that deck, as much as he is just kind of a massive pressure unit of, it's either they got to deal with your Sivir that's just going to deal a lot of face damage, or you're, they got to deal with your Swain that's also going to deal a lot of face damage. <laughs> and it's it's a really fun deck. It, I don't know, it's probably tier 3 at best, but it's been really interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you, that was exactly what I was just uh, talking about. Um, playing around with Sway, and that was what I was thinking of when I when I mentioned So, uh, it's cool that you're still playing it, playing around with it. I, I still need to give that deck a try. For I sure. got Reckoning uh, is an incredible card with the um, reputation package. That's that's one thing that I didn't see anyone personally put together uh, during all of the reveals. No one said reputation, five attack, reckoning. Those those words did not come out of anyone's mouth that I heard. And I watched so <laughs> many reveal videos. And day one, I think it was Matron. He was the one who said, he was like, hey, why don't we put Reckoning in this? And I was like, that makes so much sense. Oh my god. And it's really proven. <laughs> like, in the current meta with all of the Azir's running around, with still Fizz TF running around, Reckoning is really doing work. Yeah. Um, the most that I've done slotting uh, in different champions was putting um, LeBlanc in Ash Sejuani, which uh, I haven't done enough to really try it out. It's interesting. I I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, there's definitely there's definitely better iterations of it. I just literally put three LeBlancs in a Ash Sejuani deck and took out the Sejuani to a couple of the Sejuanis. And that was it. So. <laughs> Um, there's probably a better deck out there. I know that we've been seeing other LeBlanc decks out there, which is pretty interesting. A lot of people didn't like that card when it was announced. Yeah, 15 damage seems like a lot when you... Uh, and she has to see the damage. That was the other thing. That's that pretty much the reason I abandoned my, my attempt at... Putting her in that deck because very rarely do you actually get a swing full damage uh, with three creatures at the same time. So leveling up in one turn doesn't seem likely. You, I, I'm thinking you need some strikes in that deck. Uh, either pair her with Demacia or use some of those Noxus strike cards that you were talking about as well. Um, but but yeah, I it didn't work in that deck in the way that it was. But uh, we. <laughs> There's there's a deck for her for sure. Uh, I know that people have had mixed success with it. <clears throat> well, I've definitely been impressed with LeBlanc. Um, I think it's she see she is honestly hard to level up, and even when you level her up, getting value off of the level up. I have I've seen I've maybe played a couple dozen LeBlanc decks at this point, and I've seen them level up. I've seen them generate the mimic. And I haven't seen that mimic played once. 
But regardless of all of that, LeBlanc has been a strong unit on board, creating a lot of pressure that has not been easy to deal with with a lot of the support package, specifically with those strikes. So I think the issue was a lot of people were focusing on how bad her level up condition and level up effect looked rather than looking at how strong mm -hmm. she just was as just a statted unit and the cards that just went with her. Five attack. Yep. No. Just a five attack attacker with quick attack. Three mana. If you look at Sivir, Sivir's has the same stats for Sivir's yep. five three. Yeah. With a quick attack. Now she gets a special. Only difference. She levels up uh in your deck, however, which is yeah. a huge plus. True, true. Um and just as far as like just the the raw stats go. I mean, even if you compare LeBlanc to yes. Draven, Draven's a three mana what three? Mm -hmm. You know, his level mm -hmm. up can yeah. I think uh I think that's why you get the extra because well, not really meant to level up necessarily. Oh, she's a five two mana. Yeah, five two. But still, the whole <laughs> Mystic Shot exists. That's two health is bad. Hasn't been a true for quite a while. Right. Mm -hmm. Now it's more. The Avalanche. Yeah, that Avalanche existing has been a, a big game changer in this new meta. With uh, We now have six Avalanches capable of being run in decks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the control. control uh, going um, back to an earlier... Pro meta seems to be one of the things that um has been coming back, but uh yeah, going back to earlier, Jeff, what were you saying uh, about the, the earlier? Uh yeah, you asked about um other champions, old champions that have seen more play recently, um and you'll probably be excited to hear that uh just Fiora the the Fiora only. Uh, deck is actually pretty pretty good right now because there's a lot of tokens that just die and if you just have one fiora on board <laughs> soaking up uh weak minions pretty good yeah that was Which my is, deck for a while it's been one of your favorite yeah yeah i um i ran that deck to master four season maybe no maybe it was yeah it was season yeah, I remember that. I thought it was crazy. I was like, nope. The only, only unit is Tree Fiora. I honestly <laughs> like when the game has Fiora in a at probably tier 2 position. Because it's a really interesting deck to play against when it's not in a state uh, where it's Fiora is either completely oppressed by the meta or too oppressive in the meta. When it's in a way where you can really play around it and it's completely changes the way you play the game. I personally love that, whether I'm playing... Uh, I don't play Fiora that much, but I do enjoy playing against Fiora because I like playing the game in different ways. And when I see my opponent is running Frelio Fiora or even now Shreem of Fiora, I'm like, my win condition is completely different than right. any other deck I could be playing against. And that that's why I always like Fiora, and I hope that they come out. They they sort of have more cards like her with um alternate. You have like Maokai, basically is a separate win condition card. Even and I'd even put Azir and Ray. That same that same boat. Their their win con is definitely not their what they bring to the game. Their their win con is um their level up. You know their you you get the Azir to level three. You you win. You level up a soul. You you win. You know. So I like it. I like yeah. the the decks like that that have those alternate conditions. I think just yeah, any definitely needs needs to be in most card games, something like that. I think just any card or archetype that fundamentally changes the way you play the game game per game is something that creates a lot of variance and really improves your experience playing the game. And like I 
Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily active on Twitter, but I look at Twitter a lot, and this is where we see a lot of our, you know, bigger names kind of just rage tweeting about a lot of these new concepts. And, you know, they oftentimes a lot of their points are fair, but sometimes it just seems like they're mad that the game just isn't uh, Mono Demacia Mirrors, where right, we're just, right. you know, trading on board, and that is the full extent of the game. And, hey, maybe we're running a single combat or two, and that that's everything there is. It's I love it when the game really just does so many different things across different um, archetypes, different decks, and like that's why Tom Kench Soraka has been one of my favorite decks, both to play as and play against. Yes, it, I think that is one of the most difficult decks to really properly evaluate how you should be playing the game, whether you're playing as it or against it. And I think that's really a healthy thing for Runeterra, as long as it doesn't exist in a toxic state. Like, yeah, at least in is a good example of a deck we saw really be in a toxic state. Because just the one extra mana you would get when you would play Lee Sin uh, made it just a little too strong. And now, while it's still maybe an oppressive deck in some ways, because some decks struggle to deal with it, you can still pull out win conditions against it, and it is still delayed enough in its own win condition that you can find wins that really change how you should be thinking about the way you play the game. Yeah, and I think the comeback of aggro has really, really uh, hurt that deck. The, the fact that they're, you know, I mean, after the nerf, oh God, months and months ago to, um, what is it, rear guard and the, um, the real hard aggro nerf that we had a while back. After that, aggro's fallen off very hard. So, um, with this new set, though, it seems to be coming back a lot more. I think that that really puts pressure on the mid range decks that were that were um that we were starting to see a lot more of. But what um what cards uh, do you guys want to talk about tonight? I know I know we've talked about a few of them already, but uh, there's a lot of interesting, a lot of new um types new keywords all all kinds of things going on with this set you want to um Jeff, you want to jump into some of the cards uh yeah uh i wanted to see what everybody thought about uh let's start with we've already talked about the blanc um how do we feel about uh concurrent timelines I have a lot of opinions and about this card. Dreadway. I, th I think it'd be better to let you guys okay. go first. Because I, I, I've probably been the one who's played against it the most. Yeah, I haven't actually um, played have, against it. I'll, I'll let Jess uh, talk about that. Um, so, so if you, uh, just to go over what the meta is like um, with this card, uh, Timelines is... Uh, hold on. Let me pull it up. Oh, we got it right here. Uh, yep, concurrent timelines. Do you want to read it? Yep, yep, I got you. For the rest of the game, the first time you play a follower each round, pick one of three followers with the same cost, transform it into. And that's a one mana slow speed spell. Yes. And when you play, uh, why don't you break uh, break that down for us, Jess, in uh, in plain English? Uh, that's a, sure. that's a lot of text there. Uh, yes. So, uh, <clears throat> any the first first card you play, unit you play, uh, each turn, uh, it just transforms into something new. You get to pick one of three cards. Uh, the when uh, sorry, the play. Um, play. Uh, what it not keyword or spell? It's uh, it's uh, ability, I guess. Um, the play effect goes off, and then timelines go. So if you play Dre uh, Led Ledros, um, which ha effectively halves the nexus. Uh, you can you have a I believe it's like sixty percent yeah, chance six, or three something out of five, around 60%. there. 
three out of five uh, chance to transform it into uh, the uh, Dreadway, which is, um, if you're not familiar with that card, um, it will deal any damage that you do will double the damage. And so if you half a Nexus and then half a Nexus again, that brings it to zero. So, so it's the Dreadway Ledros combo, but it's a one mana spell that gives you a 60% chance of just hitting it off. Uh, before, you had to have played two different nine-cost cards and have them survive until you play the next one. Um, so now it's just play one. And you... uh, uh, which is a very interesting alternate win condition. Go ahead. Um, I was wondering, because... Yeah, the way this works, you'd be able to play it in, in one turn, too. You, know, you could play one to the other since there's only one cost spell. Um, do you think the yep. effect was intended to work like that, that it was intended for the um, the order of effect, I mean, that the skill will still stand, and then after you changed it, the, you um, after you summon the card, it would go through? Or do you think um, that that's more of a bug, not a feature sort of thing. I think it is, uh, I think that's how they wanted it to be designed. Um, that's my theory. I don't know. I haven't talked to Riot or anything like that. Um, but I believe that that's what they wanted it to, to do. Um, otherwise, I don't think they would have printed this card. And from what I've heard is that they have, they knew about that uh, combo in playtesting and they didn't see it to be too much of a problem, and that's why it got printed. Um, so, th so that's just the rundown. I actually have not faced against this. Doesn't sound like a very fun thing to have face against. So, I, but I, I actually don't know. I haven't played this deck either. So, I, I mean, I don't know how easy it is to, to pull it off either. So, uh, yeah. Before lungs, yeah. Let's before hear the the master's opinion. Well, before lungs gets into it, I want to give. What I'm thinking about it just before um, it's corrupted sure. by by actual knowledge. Uh, <laughs> so some some extent, it seems like it's the um, the Targon's peak of this set. Like it's a pretty high RNG it's sort of thing. Yep. That it, that is um, it looks good. It looks OP, but you almost have to build around it to some extent. Um, you know, you're late game, so you've got to. You've got to get to turn nine. You've got to have these two cards. And then you um, still are looking at a 60% chance of it working. And if it doesn't, then you, you transform the card. So you lost it. You don't, you don't have another opportunity with that card. So I think, it's, um, I think it's strong. And I think it's one of those things that when it works against you, it feels a lot worse than when it doesn't. But I can't see playing this deck having more than, you know, more than a 50% win rate for sure. But um, now no, let's get some real actual knowledge about the deck. <laughs> what do you think about it, Lungs? So I definitely understand why the card is controversial. And it's just the ability for what a single card to just end the game on the spot is going to feel bad when you lose against it every time. That's, mm -hmm. that's just how it is. In my personal opinion, it, this combo feels really weak. And that that's just me. It's, you know, I like playing a lot of decks with removal. So I'm like, all right, kill your Dreadway, no problem. And the few times I've lost to this deck, like I, I think maybe I've played 15 games against it and I've lost against it four times. Three of those games were games that either Ladros didn't even come out or they whiffed the combo. There was only one game where they actually played the Ladros, got the Dreadway, and I had no response and I just lost. And since I had all of these other games where I had either beat them beforehand or I had been able to kill their Dreadway, it just didn't feel that bad. I'm like, all right, they got it. I had no response. That's just how the game works. But when it feels like this happens too consistently or it feels like you can do nothing against it, I can definitely see why that seems like toxic gameplay. And I understand the reference to Targon's Peak, but I think the card this reminds me most of in terms of just community response is Riptide Rex. Because a lot of the community's opinion on Riptide Rex was that this card would come out at 8, 
for very little cost is, you know, and this, it's the cost is running concurrent timelines and playing concurrent timelines sometimes earlier. In Riptide Rex, it was running some form of war either warning shot or Yordle Grifter to get warning shot so that you could just warning shot into Rex on turn eight. And a lot of the times it felt like there was nothing you could do, the rest of the game didn't matter, and you just lost on the spot to your opponent playing this card. And that just feels bad. No, That just feels bad. And it's difficult to evaluate as a player how toxic this really is. And I see a lot of mixed opinions on Reddit, I see a lot of mixed opinions on Twitter. I, I personally have seen no actual statement from Riot on it other than just them initially saying they knew about it um, beforehand. That th this was a known interaction that they did release the card with in mind. No. Yes, I have a I have a question. Do you think that the skill level makes a difference with this card? At, you know, playing in silver as opposed to masters. You know, I know in masters level you're going to be able to people are going to be more aware of things. They're going to be planning better. They're going to see this deck. They're going to say, okay, I have to have removal on turn ten, or there's a chance that I lose. I have to you know play around this and. Lower lower elo, you're not going to have that much thought. Do you think it's could could that be why you're seeing more, or do you think it's a pretty uh pretty consistent that it's not that strong that it's more of um more of just well, a feels uh, bad when it happens. It definitely is a feel bad moment, especially if you're playing a deck that can't counter it. Uh, I think this particular I think what happens is everybody that is complaining about this is probably playing a control deck or a mid-range deck, which this most likely will just obliterate. Uh, aggro decks probably don't care because they've either lost or won by turn five. Um, what, um, while you're talking about that, what, what other cards are, um, are being played in this deck? I, I Like I said, um, I haven't played it. I haven't played against it. So is, are they playing more like a control sort of style to... To get into the the late game to be able to pull this off or are they um i know lung said that he's lost um three of the four games that he lost against this it wasn't even with the plagios it was with um some alt win condition so what what really are they using as their alternate win condition uh so if i can chime in on that uh, go it's ahead. uh it's kind of it's similar to the classic karina control list but most of them have cut out the Karina and gone more for a uh, value, a, a units with good play effects, just to get a lot of value out of the concurrent timelines itself. And as a result, the deck runs a decent amount of removal, but also still a decent amount of burn, but then has a board presence. So, and a lot of them are running Elise and Kindred as well. So sometimes it's just the deck will just beat win on board by developing units, removing your units, and then just kind of gradually chipping you down with their units. And then they can win with burn, or the Ladros will still win them the game even if they don't get Dreadway Ladros. Like a lot of the time, it's like I'm already at eight health by the time they're dropping right, right. Ladros. So it doesn't matter whether they're getting Dreadway or not, they're going to follow it up with two Mystic Shots and I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, like I said, I, I actually haven't played against this deck, and I haven't played it, um, so it hasn't mattered that much to me. Um, the possible riot response to this is, well, we're just going to print more 9-drop cards, um, and that would effectively nerf it, make it very unlikely that you'll be able to pull off the combo this deck uh, Um until then, though, uh, it's hard to say what it is. Uh, I don't think this is the most impressive deck right now. Um, so so I, I don't think it's necessary for them to just nerf or change an interaction here just for this one deck. It, it is, you know, not fun to play against, uh, but I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's an actual problem. Uh, until I run into it five times tomorrow, and then I get tilted and post on Reddit about it, and then, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Just so I, I, 
Or are we going to get the main. She Who Wanders buff to nine mana so uh, that card gets buffed and then uh, ah, yeah. and, and, uh, the other one gets nerfed at the concurrent timeline and gets nerfed at the same time? I think I have two things to really say about it overall, which is, one, the live balance team has been pretty explicit on they do want cards to exist that just end the game. They sure. we don't the game is designed around they do not want games lasting that long. We we don't want infinite right. value games where the game just keeps going and grinding out. They want cards to exist that will just end the game and this to be a pretty consistent concept across a lot of decks. And as a result, I'm unsure how much of a problem they really see this as or if they will deem it worthy of a nerf. Do we uh, have any any win rate sort of stats for that or is it is it too early to see? Um, I think I can double check really quick, but I think I was looking at the list of the win rates earlier today, and it was sub fifty, maybe like a forty nine percent. Yeah, see oh. that that seems right to me. I mean, if you only have a sixty percent chance of hitting the combo, then I will double check your your win rate is probably really. you know fifty five at the very best, and probably closer to fifty one, fifty two. You know, I would say at the highest end. Which puts it at like a tier three deck, you know, fifty two percent win rate, I'd say. Okay, I'm seeing seventy thousand games for the uh art just Piltover and Zon Shadow Isles at a fifty point two percent win rate overall. And yeah, with the two biggest lists, one's at fifty one percent, one's at forty nine percent. So it's it's hovering around fifty percent is what it looks like. Yeah, so I, I definitely wouldn't call that any sort of deck that's yeah. troublesome for the meta. Not a problematic win rate. Uh, but the second thing I nope. have to say about I, it I, is... I agree. I think if they were to decide to change this interaction, my preferred way for them to go about it would to be buff Dreadway to 8 mana and adjust the stats accordingly to what seems fair. Just because... Uh, I remember 8-mana Ladros, and I definitely don't want that to ha happen again. And <laughs> I don't want the, I don't want them to change concurrent timelines, the card itself, or to like be like, oh, every interaction works except this one specifically. Yeah. It's, the sec latter, I don't think, is good game design, and the former, I think the card is really interesting, and every other thing that it does for a deck is really healthy and fun, except for right. this one thing that is controversial. So I think Dreadway is a really interesting card that has seen limited play at 9 mana, and buffing it to 8 mana could make it really interesting in some decks and maybe see it just start seeing play at maybe a tier 2 level. And I think that would probably be the best way to go about this if they do decide to just and eliminate it's only, this interaction. it's only followers that can summon, correct? Not, not champions. Yeah, only followers, not champions. And it's any throughout the game, not just your deck, right? Uh, it's the first one every turn that you play. Right, yeah, right, right. But the the, the yeah. summon doesn't have to come from your deck. It can come from yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm looking at the eight mana cards right now. Um, there's not not a whole, a whole lot. You would have um Captain Arika, which would be nice. You know, do the capture unit or landmark. Um, Captain Farian. Um, Grandfather Rumble. It that stares, Ross the Sunderer, Riptide Rex, Spectrum Conservator, Spectral Maiden, Terror of the Tides, Infinite Mind Splitter, so, and then uh, Leviathan, Tuscrater, Keanu Crown Guard, Uzgar the Ancient. So you're looking at 4, 8, 12, uh, 14, 14 different cards now instead of the the nine cost where you have what six yeah, yeah. So that'd be a pretty pretty big nerf to the card even if um yeah but yeah it's <laughs> ladros into any of the other nine drops is just a pretty okay interaction yeah. like it's one it may actually be even worse because ladros is just probably the best nine drop as he is just because of the infinite value he can potentially give you but it could still just be interesting. Like Ladros, the one of the games I lost where uh, Ladros was played, but with they hit the Bright Steel formation, and I yeah. actually couldn't deal with the Bright Steel formation. Yeah, Bright Steel formation is a pretty strong card. 
But yeah, if if um yeah. if Dreadway wasn't in there, you'd only have Bright Steel Formation, which would be good. Verena, which would be questionable at best, probably not good. You wouldn't want to hit it's that. Probably the, that's the worst. the worst. Well, yeah. I don't know. Cadrigan the Infernal was pretty bad. If you're not but playing dragons, it's, but it's uh, it's just stats. Yeah, it is stats. Yeah. So yeah. the six six yeah. is just worse than the nine six. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then uh, Mina yeah. Swiftfoot, which is actually a pretty good card to pick. So be decent. The the bright still is the best because it you actually get uh, uh the yeah, best I'm, stats and the effect is still active. Yeah, effect. I mean I think yeah. you know bright still. And then you'd be looking at what a three out of three out of four chance of pulling it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, seventy five percent chance. You know that would. I think Bright Steel would be a good win condition all on its own anyway. So it would be. I think it'd be um, like I don't know if you guys watch um, LS and League of Legends, but it'd be what he calls a placebo nerf, where it looks like. It's a nerf, but it's really not because I mean, honestly, Bright still in that position is almost as much of a win condition as Dreadway. It's not an instant, but it's it's still really strong. Yep, so. I agree. Uh, I think. What else? Um. Um. Yeah. yeah what's what's some another, other cards? Uh, yeah. Let's uh, know, man. Related question. Uh, what's everybody's thoughts on on Kindred? Um, does it need to be changed? Is it overpowered, or is it totally fine? It's not an it. It's a they. So let's that let's start off right there. We have we have the wolf and the lamb, and other than that, I I don't know. I haven't played any kindred. I haven't seen any kindred. So I'll let you and Lux talk about her. Um, them, they, yeah. whatever. We can <laughs> we can get into a whole pronoun her. conversation <laughs> later. <laughs> Um, I, well, I don't think she's, I don't think they are too powerful. I think, I think two slays is probably too easy. That's my personal, especially yeah. if you're allowed to slay your own. That's my only take. I'm fine with everything else about them. Um, I don't, uh, I just don't think... I Think two slays is way Whoa. too easy. You do that on wait, accident. Wait, um, so let me let me double check real quick. But kindred levels up well when they slay a unit that has their mark. So I've seen you slay two units. Slays. Yeah. yeah. So it's not two slays. It's two slays For from the mark. They get two slays from their mark. Right. Correct. Um, yeah, I was I was just uh, was abbreviating. Ah, okay. Uh, right, you are you're correct. I. I had that all in right, mind, yeah. um, but, but I, all right, yeah, because I, I was like, yeah, two slays is really easy, but uh, at least in my opinion, uh, two slays with their mark is a little more difficult. I, I think one of the big things with Kindred is, like I was saying earlier, this is one of it's those two champions turns. that, yeah, it's two turns. One is yeah, it's a minimum two turns for the so they have to survive on board for two turns, which I'm not saying is easy or hard. They are they do have four health, which is uh, a bit hard to remove with just direct removal. With but, yeah, with quick attack as you well, so they're pretty offensive turns to to really do anything unless you have yeah. a spell. Yeah. Uh, but I think one of the big things about Kindred is it really changes how you should be playing around Kindred, and a lot of the time, when at least when I was playing Kindred, it was I would be playing against opponents who definitely just didn't know what they were doing, and they would play their Sivir. And then they would play uh, a small unit, like a Dune Keeper or something. And, you know, I would just slay the small unit, mark the Sivir, and get a free kill, and they would just instantly surrender. Like, that that happened quite a few right. times. <laughs> but then I'd play against people who had a bit more idea of how to properly play around it. It's definitely something I learned as well the hard way, because I also had a lot of those feel-bad moments where I'd summon my trundle with my uh avaros and sentry on board and then they just kill the sentry and i'm like oh i should not have done that like that was definitely <laughs> a big hit it's with yeah. kindred it's you really want to be careful with how you're playing your units and you just don't want to just be summoning them willy-nilly and when you actually start playing around that 
you can really make your opponent feel awkward in the way they're using their slay cards because they just start losing value on it. Like, I think with a lot of these effects, what makes them strong is when they're abusing your opponent for not playing around them. And I think one of the biggest mm -hmm. things was back in the old days, like, specifically, yeah, Riptide Rex and just Plunder decks in general. I learned at some point I just needed to start making an effort to deny plunder effects, even if it was minor. Even if I was trading my three drop into their one drop, if I was denying a plunder effect, I was starving them of their ability to play a plunder effect for free that turn, and they would have to use another card in hand to do it. And my win rate skyrocketed against plunder decks because they really needed to start using a lot more of their own resources to actually Get, do what they wanted with their game plan. And Kindred decks kind of feel the same, because they want to be slaying units, and it's oftentimes, it's if you are playing one big minion, they need to slay their own units, and depending on the game state, you can make that a really awkward position for them. Or if you play a lot of small units, that can also be a really awkward position for them too, because they're really not getting a lot of value off of it. Would you compare it to the sort of playing against... um? Lots of Fiora decks, you know, where you have to, you know, like, uh, seems like a lot of the similar, similar sort of, sort of play style where you really have to control your, your units more so than, um, you're playing against the deck and not necessarily against the, the Nexus. Yeah, I, I think that is definitely a great comparison. So as of the moment, the, they actually feel underwhelming to me just from what I've seen. Because um, at least the one, I've only played my one Kindred deck, which is uh, definitely a bit of a meme deck. And they actually feel strong in that deck, but playing against a lot of other Kindred decks, I've seen uh, Kindred Azir, I've seen the Kindred, uh, the Kindred Concurrent Timelines deck. Uh, there's, there's a lot of Kindred decks running around, and in a lot of them, Kindred actually feels underwhelming when you're playing around Kindred as a card. If you're just ignoring the fact that they have a Kindred on board and playing all your units tempo-wise, then yeah, Kindred's going to abuse you heavily. But otherwise, it is, yeah, you're going to end up taking some hard passes that feel bad. You're going to burn mana sometimes, but you're going to deny the deck a lot of what they want to do, and it's also going to feel bad for them. Yeah, that makes sense. What, um, what cards have you seen that you... uh? you've been most interested in even even outside of with with or outside of champion cards i'm personally uh in love with the predict mechanic actually uh this it, it was really a big surprise because with the reveal we um we saw what it was and you know you get the shows you three cards you get to pick one to be on the top of your deck but once we learned that you could actually skip as well that was a significant improvement to the card because that ba that upped your options 33%. Suddenly we went from three to four choices and that's actually huge because I, on the first day, I tried out some predict cards and I didn't know the skip button was an option. And there were a lot of times where I was like, all right, I honestly don't want any of these cards and having to choose one of them feels really bad. But suddenly with the option to just not choose any of them, the value of the mechanic has really gone up and a lot of the decks I'm playing with predict feel really good. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Would you have uh would you have predicted that the predict <laughs> Oh, Jeff, I, uh... I didn't know I didn't know you had any uh any kids hitting the dad jokes pretty hard like that, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I was expecting it to be a good mechanic and probably see a decent amount of play in a lot of, like, even tier one concepts. Like, you know, uh, the two drop Aspiring Chronomancer is, a, I, I like, just from seeing it, I'm like, two mana, two, three, positive effect, that's going to be just a good card. If you're running a, a deck that has Sharima in it and you don't have good two drops, slot it in. But now with... uh realizing the full extent of the strength of predict it is that's actually a good two this is a competitive two drop it's not oh i don't have better two drops to run it is this is a two drop i want to be running in my deck 
All right, these are the next two questions I have for you guys. First, I need to know what cards, what's, what card or cards are absolute garbage and just n will not see play in this new set. And then I need to know what your new favorite artwork is. If, you, um, if you've looked at any of the artwork Ooh. and you have any opinion on the artwork, I, I'd like to know that from you. Jeff, you um you want to start off at least at least with your cards. What uh what cards have you seen or that you remember from this set just look look like hot garbage? That's a that's a good question. Um hard question. I honestly I almost don't want to say that a particular card is bad because I'll just be proven wrong in a week's time uh but uh i wish wish sandstone chimera had a key i think that card needs a keyword just like the other sixes 12 12 or 12 6 6 um but it needs something i don't think it's elusive it doesn't need elusive uh even spell shield would be nice or just something just give it a little bit more flavor that's all i i think a lot of us are asking about for this card. Um, I also think Sanctum Conservator. Don't think I'm ever gonna see this card played. It's it's expensive and the effect. I, I mean, uh, uh, eight five eight mana eight five. It's not. Uh, it's okay. It's fearsome. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think you want Overwhelm at that point, uh, if you have anything, or, or, or a Nasus. But um, playing 13 units, I, I don't know if that's a... I don't know if I've seen that happen. Maybe maybe I have. I don't remember. But I have not seen this card played, and I don't think I will. <laughs> um, but uh, prove me wrong. That'd be great. I'd love to see this. What up? See it so played. Interestingly enough, I actually have uh, seen that happen, specifically watching Swim's stream. Because uh, he was running Rampaging Bakai in a deck, and he specifically stated on stream, I gotta be honest, the reason I'm running this card is because I wanted to test if I could actually hit the Sanctum Conservator condition, but I didn't want to count slays. <laughs> and he, ended up, he did end up hitting, like, he did actually hit the condition. But he still never played Sanctum Conservator, regardless. But it's it's definitely something you can pull off, but it's very dependent on what deck you're playing against. Because pulling if you're playing against uh you say Lissandra Trundle Control that barely plays any units, you're not gonna get your 13 slays just killing your own stuff. That's that's just not gonna happen. But if you're playing against uh Lucian uh, you're just going to be killing a bunch of their sand soldiers every turn, and you might actually be at 13 slaves by turn 5, for all we know. This and that's, it. that's where the issue yeah. with the card lies. It, it's, uh, it's a really good tech card, and so yeah, I doubt it'll ever see ladder play, even compared to most other tech cards, but who knows, like, next seasonal, we might see it pop up in the uh, top 32 bracket, and it'll be really cool. That's, that's possible. Very possible. All right, and what um yeah, what about any artwork, y'all? Have you have you seen any artwork that you like? Or or uh, even even if oh, we're uh, we're going away from artwork, any um champion level ups? I know I know y'all have both seen a lot of those, and they're they're pretty great. Do y'all have a favorite uh favorite level up? Well, did you have a card uh lungs that you uh, think is a uh... Yeah, I actually uh, did. There was one specific... I was looking through it, and I'm like, I really don't remember any of these cards looking truly bad to me. Uh, but I hit Spoils of War, the uh, Freljord, uh, a new Freljord hmm. Plunder card. And we all know how uh, the Plunder Freljord cards have uh, worked out so far. And it's a three-mana... Yeah, reputation. Yeah. Grant an ally, plus one, plus two. And plunder, grant it plus two plus four instead. <laughs> and it's three mana grant plus two plus four is probably if that was just the card, if that's all it was, that yep. 
might be playable. I'm not even confident that would be playable at that level. Yeah. For Freljord, like, they already have really good buffs, and it's... Right. Uh, the gr especially for Freljord, what we've seen is the grant keyword isn't that important for that region specifically. And so, like, I honestly might even prefer just main decking Fury of the North for the plus one attack and just having it be temporary that turn. Might be better than this. Yeah. The yeah. plunder, having plunder on, it's, when you want this, it's probably you're open attacking. And, and, or defending, and what are your chances of having plunder proc'd at that point, right? Yeah, almost nil, yeah. unless you're playing like a Teemo Sejuani or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. This feels like it's designed to fit into like an Ember Maiden type concept, and we've also haven't really seen that work out that well. So mm. I, I think this mm. is like one of the few cards in the set I really saw that I was just like, this just doesn't seem to fit with anything. But yeah, for, for bad cards, I think at the very least, everything else has, on some level, like, meme potential, even if it's bad. Like, uh, say, Loaded Dice, the four-mana slow spell that uh, every time you damage the enemy Nexus for the rest of the round will nab one. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a bad card, but that's a really cool and fun card. <laughs> yeah, just, just looking through it, that's the only uh, one where I was like, this is just bad. Lost Jeff again. Yep, that's okay. He'll be back. There he, there is. he is. Maybe here we got him. Yep, I'm back. Welcome back. But are you? Yes. That's good. You 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 left right as long as finished his last uh. Last sentence, so we didn't really miss anything. Yeah. Yet. Oh, I actually did forget about unworthy. Okay, you can talk about that. Um. Oh. Ready? All right. Uh, there was one more card. Uh, unworthy. Actually, I kind of even put this one out of my mind, but two mana slow spell. Give an enemy follower minus four, minus zero this round. If you have fewer mana gems than your opponent, kill it instead. And uh, what, at the beginning, I had a bit of hope for this card because I was like, all right, maybe we're going to see some genuinely interesting uh, destroy your own mana gem cards that make this actually playable. Like two mana, even at slow speed, just, just kill a follower can be pretty strong. But we only really saw the three, right? We saw Rite of Negation, which is something you're not going to play proactively. So that's just not good synergy there. Uh, we also saw the one uh, Rite of Dominance, which is also something you're not playing proactively, so just no synergy there. And we saw the zero mana spell, um, the Rite of Calling, which is one you do want to play proactively, uh, which is the zero mana uh, destroy mana gem to draw a champion or, or kill an ally. And... The thing about that one is, at least in the decks I've been trying it out in, it does just feel really bad. Because even though it's zero mana draw champion, destroying your mana gem really messes up your curve a lot of the time. Because for a lot of these champions you want to be drawing, you want to be drawing them on curve and playing them. So like, I tried Fior uh, the Fior Machine deck, which I think I looked at the stats today and that had 40% win rate. And it's because you can't play Fiora on turn three. If you uh, right of yeah. Calling on turn three, you are at two mana, and you can't even play Fiora. Unlike Entreat, where you could, you know, Entreat and play your Fiora. And so even though this is the only proactive one of the cards, it is either something you don't want to be playing early in the game, or something that's going to feel so bad playing early in the game that I just can never see... Um, where is it again? I can never see Unworthy ever working out with any of these cards. Yeah, it's so much worse than even costing one mana. Yeah. All right. And um, yeah. What about the level up animations? I know um, there's some that I love. I love the Renekton animation. 
but I haven't seen all of them or not not um, enough to really say anything. What about you guys? Y'all have any favorites? Um, I like all of the Shreema ones. Honestly, they all honest. There's all of them are pretty. They have been putting a lot of more effort into. They've always been putting effort in. Uh, but they they went all out. Imagine, like even compare it to Bilgewater or or Targon even, uh, which was most pretty recent. Um, but yeah, I I think they're all great. Um, even painfully showing how Timo needs something. Animation rework really bad. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, so I'm a big fan of all of the level app animations. They're all really cool. I haven't seen a single one that I've been disappointed with or even underwhelmed by. Uh, but personally, there's one animation I do have to call out, which isn't a level up animation for a champion, but it's the Watcher obliterating the enemy's deck animation. Is so fun every time I see it, even when it's my deck getting obliterated. Like, just having the screen go white and the Watcher laser just go across the board and yeet your deck out of existence. Yep. Super hot. That's been my, I, not exactly the best animation of all of them, but that has been the one I've been having the most fun seeing every game. That's a great animation. Um, I like how uh, a lot of the Sand Soldiers just disappear in sand whenever oh, they die yeah. or get yeah. uh, killed. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a lot of minor animations that are really like just doing work. Yeah. I think so. Just polished. Yeah. Love it. All right, guys. I think that's just about everything that uh that we have for tonight. Jeff, do you have anything else to add? I think that's it for me. All right. Before we head out, since we were talking about um terrible cards, I figure we haven't done this in a while. We could have a um. A nice little terrible card deck build off. Um, so lungs, what we're gonna do is, uh, if you're down, we'll all build um, build a deck off of a pretty pretty bad card that really shouldn't have a deck built around it, and uh, right. see see what we can do with it. And, you know, try to play about ten games, keep track of uh, your win rate with that. And um, I think you actually mentioned a pretty good one to do, and um, that was loaded dice. Uh, pretty terrible right. card, but it would um sounds pretty fun. Like we could we could have some fun uh building with that, and it would still be a pretty good challenge to <laughs> to make something yeah, that's that not just good. high garbage. So we'll do that and uh see how it goes. But other than that, man, thanks for uh being here, Jeff. Good to see you. Um, yep. I'll see you guys again next week. All right. Yep. All right, from everybody here at the Off Meta Report, guys, y'all have a good week. Keep um, keep grinding, and we'll see you back soon. Good night.